to me, bringing people together and letting them know that, you know, they're around each other and that they can work and maybe open some doors for each other and, you know, and just collaborate and who knows what it comes because Canada and media landscape really needs that now more than ever. I am a husband, a father, a lawyer, a Christian, and a proud Canadian. I started this series because it was clear that our nation needs truth. Not just another biased narrative, but real information of substance. We need access to facts and the freedom to think for ourselves. I'm Leighton Gray, and this is Gray Matter. Hi, everyone. We have a really, really great guest. I'm excited to be on, to have him on the program. Uh, I had the, 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 the wonderful experience of about six weeks ago uh, being on his show, which has been around for a while. He's really kind of a pioneer in, in the Canadian podcasting space, but he's really caught fire and, and his show is, is, is incredibly popular. But uh, it was an unusual experience being on his show because um, his style, what, what, uh, what our guest Sean Newman does is he goes down a lot of rabbit holes and it's a, it was a bit of a roller coaster ride. I didn't really know where we were going. <laughs> there was a little bit of wee, you know, up and down. Uh, but, you know, when I went back and I, I listened to it and I watched it, I realized that I was in the hands of an absolute pro and I'm very, very excited to have him on the program today. Thanks for being with us today, Sean. Oh, well, uh, thanks for having me on. And that's one heck of an introduction, if, if nothing else. <laughs> okay. So we do things a little bit differently on this show. We, sure. we, we, we talk and, and you're going to do most of the talking, but now before we, uh, we, we go and I start hitting him with some, some hard hitting questions, not really, Sean, um, a feature we have on our show is our aphorisms, our framing aphorisms. And, um, these are in your honor because, uh, I went and I trolled your website and I saw some of your favorite people. The first one is from uh, Victor Frankl, uh, who wrote uh, an incredible book, Man's Search for Meaning. And um, he wrote this. He wrote it in German originally, but it's been translated. Between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space lies our freedom and power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and freedom. The second one is from Dr. Jordan Peterson. He wrote, the purpose of life, as far as I can tell, is to find a mode of being that's so meaningful that the fact that life is suffering is no longer relevant. And finally, uh, David Goggins, uh, who said this, the only way that, you, that you're ever going to get to the other side of this journey is by suffering. You have to suffer in order to grow. Some people get it. Some people do not. Okay. Sean. Welcome to the program. Uh, I want to start with perhaps if you could tell us a little bit about, uh, tell the people about your podcast and how long you've been doing, why you started it. There's a little bit of a hint of that in your bio, but uh, let let's get it straight from the from, from the fountain here. Sure. Um, I'm a I'm a I'm I'm a pretty simple guy, Leighton, as you as you know from sitting on the show with me. Uh, my my grew up in um, just north in Helmond, home of Wade Redden. Uh, on a family farm there. And when I was, uh, you know, 18, I took off and started playing hockey across this country and into the States and across to Europe. And I don't want to uh, blow too much smoke. I was a, a decent hockey player. I was far from the NHL, but I have I your stats. Stats are world. pretty good. And <laughs> when I see a five, eight defenseman, I, you must be pretty tough too. <laughs> I, 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 my, my father joked uh, and I always took it, you know, I was always proud of it. I had a hundred pound hips, 
uh, Leighton, and I threw a mean hip check. It's almost gone in today's world, but yeah. there was nothing better in the world uh, having a big guy come down, think he could dance me, and then throw out the hips and watch him go flying. It's it's a lost art, and I was um, pretty talented at it. But uh, yeah, I had to be very smart. Uh, I you know lots of big guys, and being a small guy, uh, you had to you had to have your head on your shoulders at all times. Um, but that isn't the podcast. The, the podcast starts in 2019. I, I got home after my hockey career in uh, 2012 and it took some time. I was working in the oil field and like a lot of people in the oil field, paid great, benefits great, lots of great people. Just the work wasn't what I wanted to do. And I listened to my first podcast in 2018. Uh, some would say early, some would say, wow, you were late to the game. Either way, it hit me at the perfect time. Uh, and when I heard it, I was like, I could do this, you know, like I, I could really do this. You sure and can. And so we, we started in February, 2019. Uh, the first guest was a really good friend, Ken Rutherford. Uh, my second guest ditched on me. I, I mean, ditched, I mean, his schedule conflicted. So I just pulled my dad on. I said, Hey, I need a guest. And the third one was my, our sound guy at the time. He said, you can't just interview anyone. And I said, you certainly can. You're on next week. Let's hear your story. And, um, and you know, it, for your listeners, that's how it started. It was pretty rough. You know, I, I made every mistake in the book. Once upon a time, I forgot to turn the mic on when I was sitting across from somebody. So I recorded a whole episode. That must have been he... the one where you were interviewing your sound guy. Oh, man. <laughs> Just unbelievable, Aiden. You know, and um, but by episode 100, Ron McLean, by episode 139, Don Cherry, oh, I had Paul Bissonnette. I'm so envious chiclets. that you got to talk to Don Cherry. Wow. I watched that yeah. episode. Terrific. Well, you just. So cool. Um, and I was getting to live out a lot of things. At the mean, at the same time, I'm working full time. I got three young kids, uh, a wife, as you've said, and um, COVID hits. And, you know, I drugged my feet for a long time, a very long time. I didn't want to talk about it. I just wanted, you know, I had my eyes set on, uh, honestly, uh, I'd pitched it to Glenn Healing and he'd said they were going to do it and they were already in the works of it. So it kind of fell flat and I was a little disappointed, but I really wanted to interview the NHL alumni. I wanted to go around and talk to all these old men with all these old stories and, and <laughs> capture them before they honestly pass on. You know, right. like I just think every day another one goes and you're like, we are losing interviewed them. them. Yeah. yeah. Lost and there's Bobby Hall recently. And yeah, yeah. thousands of them, yeah. thousands of men. And and certainly the Bobby Hulls and the Wayne Gretzky's and the Bobby Orr's and all these names have been interviewed forever. But yeah. there's, you know, there's guys like Dennis Plonich who came on the podcast, who's probably been interviewed. I met and him. I credit. I met him. And he, his story's unreal. That is you know, a like tough just a, uh, ombre. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And so uh, 2020, uh, 2021, I guess. 2020, yeah, 2021, the summer of 2021. Finally, I uh, I worked up the courage to start bringing on different doctors and, and that's where it really changed. I, I, for any listener who was listening from the beginning, it would have felt like a, a 180 because I wasn't talking about it. And then from there, you know, it started with a man named Andrew Liebenberg, who was a doctor from uh, close here, and he just talked about medical ethics. And then, it, you know, Roger Hodkinson on to Peter McCullough and Daniel Smith, and and the list just goes on and on and on and on and on yeah. and on. And that's really shaped where I'm at today, you know. Uh, and and for you know, for the listener today, where I'm at is you know, as Leighton alluded to, um, I walk in with a plan every day, just as Leighton has. But I really try and use um, my uh, judgment on what the guest is talking about to try and pull something out that I'm mm -hmm. interested in and, and see where it goes. And so Leighton was, uh, was, you were one of the, you know, you were part of the experiment as well. You know, you said some <laughs> things and I went, let's talk about that. And, and, um, and away it goes. And yeah. I, 
you know, you sometimes you have a plan. Other times I just, you know, it, it's, it takes a life of its own that it goes where it wants to. Mm-hmm. And you've enjoyed and, you know, really, really remarkable success. You've, you've garnered a large following. You also did uh, a very interesting event a couple of months ago in Edmonton, I believe you organized, trying to bring some of the people in the podcasting world uh, together. I was invited to attend. I'm grateful for that. I, I Unfortunately, I couldn't make it. Uh, how did that go? What was that like, that event? Yeah, so it was my uh, fourth event. Um, so uh, I had a guest on, Mike Kuzmiskis, once upon a time, and he pointed out at that event, you know, it's kind of changed a little bit since we talked about it. But in the middle of the lockdowns, I was asking him, why, why isn't the government putting together like a panel of different backgrounds, not just doctors, just like a lawyer? Uh, a, a doctor, a politician, and get them talking and film it. And so the audience can watch it and we can just get through it. Like, get the fear out of this. Um, you know, we're a bunch of, uh, you know, out in the West, you know, we're pretty resourceful. Like, we got to figure out what the problem is and, and we tackle it and we move on. And lots of people make lots of money doing that, right? That's that's what the oil field is and has been. And, uh, and so uh, the first one actually happened in March 2022, like right after the Freedom Convoy. I had Daniel Smith was a part of that. Uh, an MLA, Shane Getz, and a doctor, uh, Eric Payne, and then a lawyer, Andre oh, Murray. Eric Payne, and so, he's brilliant. He's better than our show. Oh, yeah. yeah, I have all the time in the world for Eric Payne. Like, he is... Uh, Be a great chief medical officer of health for Alberta, in my opinion. <laughs> I, I got a few ideas on who the politicians <laughs> could probably hire and have a good uh, moral compass on what, what should be done and shouldn't be done. Um so fast forward. So uh, we did one on the urban-rural divide in, in January, and then the one in Edmonton you're talking about was Legacy Media. And it was just bringing in a bunch of different backgrounds from media. So uh, Byron Christopher, who's a, a beat reporter, uh, you know, followed the the crime beat, if you would, in Edmonton. And he just, you know, he's an older man in his 70s, and he just laid down some stories that were just like, you know, it's hard to listen to I, almost. I remember it, I remember him. I grew up in Edmonton. I remember him well, yeah. A brilliant man. Yeah. And Chris Sims from the Alberta, Alberta Taxpayer Federation. She has a way with numbers and facts. She can just lay it out for you. And Kid Carson was, was uh, of course, out of Vancouver. He's the the guy that uh, uh, got removed from, you know, the 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 morning show of right. one of the major yeah. Vancouver radio stations. Yeah. And uh and then um Wayne Peters, who was the guy that I followed right at the start of COVID when he started interviewing the Julie Panessi and the Stephen Pellick and uh Byron Bridal and all these names across Canada that have become really uh something, you know, for mm-hmm. speaking out. And the idea was to just bring some people together. Uh, and then the night before is where you were invited to and a whole bunch of, cause I look at, I, I, I'm rattling off right now, anywhere between four or five podcasts a week. And I run into people like yourself all the time, Layton. And I'm like, you need to meet all these other people. Yeah. And so what we tried facilitating in Edmonton was this way to bring in a bunch of these independent voices that have, you know, shows on whether it's uh, a Facebook live, whether it's rumble, YouTube, a podcast, uh, whether they're just, you know, um, putting together live shows in their communities just so they could meet. Cause I'm like, you, you all think you're islands again and you're all working so hard. You don't realize you're literally standing like an hour away from somebody who's doing something that's really awesome right beside you. And you could maybe work together. And so, uh, it was just trying to, uh, as Wayne would say, he, he thought it was more about legitimizing the independent media. And I was 
I guess in my brain, when we were putting it together, I was thinking I need a way to get the independent media to realize there's more than just you sitting in, you know, in, in your spot and me and mine. And like, cause Canada, you know, we have the CBC and we have global and we have all these mainstream medias, but then we have all these like independent people just starting to pop up everywhere that are fantastic at what they do. Um, but it's a, it's a, it's a grind to, um, you know, try and do it full time right. or to try and make yeah. ends meet while you go as hard as you can. And, you know, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm big on family. I'm big on my, my, my wife and, and making sure that, uh, I, I treat that with the respect that it needs and my kids get me. And so it's a balance. And so I, to me, bringing people together and letting them know that, you know, they're mm-hmm. around each other and that they can work and maybe open some doors for each other and, you know, and just collaborate and who knows yeah. when it comes. Cause Canada and media landscape really needs that now more than ever. Isn't that so true? Um, and uh, sort of b- by way of, of, of a launch launch pad, I want to talk about Bill C-11 a little bit. You talked about independent media. The liberals, the, the, the Trudeau liberals have uh, renewed their pledge to legacy media. So they're going to get more and more money. In the meanwhile, uh, the federal liberals have passed this new legislation that seems to be really aimed at uh, trying to silence some of the voices that you're talking about. At the same time, in the United States, um, maybe one of the most popular, one of the most followed uh, podcasters, Matt Walsh, was deplatformed on YouTube because he wouldn't use the proper pronouns. He's now broadcasting his show on Twitter. And most recently, just in the past couple of days, Tucker Carlson, who has the yeah. most popular channel, uh, most popular show on cable TV, now he's announced he's going to be broadcasting on Twitter. So do you see this as a trend that that maybe uh, there's a place for all of us to land, but maybe it's not going to be on on the platforms that we've been accustomed to using, the kind that the ones that you were describing? Or how do you see this unfolding? That's an interesting question. I was literally just talking about it this morning. Like at what point do you, you know, like I have different people that I talk to that are nervous of Twitter because it's just one man. What happens if Elon decides whatever? What if yeah. Elon's a CIA mole? What, and, what know, if he blah, boards blah, blah, one blah. of his rockets? We never right. see him again. Yeah. But but it, but what we were talking about is like, so my channel was removed from YouTube uh, right as the Freedom Convoy was happening. And I've never went back on and I've thought about it. I've wrestled with it because it's such a brilliant platform. It's like so yeah. user-friendly. Yeah. But the thing is, is I know I'm going to get it removed again. Like I, I'm not going to play by the rules. I'm not going to not say certain words so that it, you know, it can kind of stay up there. It's like, l- listen, there, there's, we, we mentioned Peterson at the start, you know, words are very powerful. Mm-hmm. You have to choose them carefully. You have to mean what you say. You have to think about it, all these different things. And if we're going to have a podcast where I start self-censoring because I don't want to get it removed off YouTube because I'm worried about uh, views and clicks and everything, it isn't what this has been about since the beginning. Right. So you rewind this to the Twitter question, and it's like, well, we can see what's happening in real time right now. Twitter is one of a couple places that you can go on and say what you want. And for the most part, you know, uh, not be removed for it. Mm-hmm. And to me, when it comes to where we live, freedom of speech is becoming so more, pre- like we, we need it. I don't care if you, if you disagree with me, um, it'll be uncomfortable to hear that out, but we better do it sooner than later. I mean, we saw where we got to in the middle of the lockdowns and COVID, you said anything out of line and you were removed. 
And it's, it's part of the reason why the podcast had some of the success it has is because I just, I just stopped doing that. I just, no, we're going to talk about it. If you don't like it, yell at me all you want. <laughs> we need to talk about it. Yeah. And then you can remove me from YouTube. Okay. But I'm still going to keep doing it. And there's others doing the same thing. So with Twitter, I don't know, Layton, myself, I look at it and I go, at what point does it become the, the flagship for freedom of speech where, you know, you mentioned Matt Walsh, you mentioned Tucker Carlson, um, you know, like we're doing a Tuesday mashup, a show uh, every Tuesday uh, on, on, on the podcast where we talk about different headlines in Canada and everything. And we got the Alberta election coverage coming up. We're going to do live right. coverage of it. Yeah. And we're going to do that on Twitter because it's like, where else can you go where, you know, that's what it's there. Like it's becoming more and more like I never, when did you ever think Twitter was going to become almost like a brag, a broadcast company for like shows? It's been trying to do that, but they silence everybody. So it never was that. Right. Now it's becoming that. Yeah. I don't know. It was late. What are your thoughts, Leighton? You, you're a guy who's watching it as close as anyone. I I think that, uh, I, I think it's very exciting, first of all. Um, to, to have voices like Tucker Carlson, because um, as great as he was on Fox, uh, now we're going to see Tucker Carlson unchained. And I don't, I don't know if you saw the, the, the speech that he gave uh, that, sort of, that some people think got him fired, uh, where he basically said, you know what, folks, we're in a good and evil struggle here. This isn't about politics. This is, goes much deeper even than culture, right? We're, we're talking about an existential situation. We're, we're, we're in a battle for reality, for objective truth. And uh, apparently that cut too, too deep down to the bone for Mr. Rupert Murdoch. And, and so I'm very excited to see sort of, uh, you know, to see Tucker unchained because, you know, he'll be able to talk about things. Of course, we'll, we'll get all of the wonderful content from Tucker Carlson. I mean, he's one of the only people uh, who can actually uh, make uh, political com- you know, commentary entertaining. Uh, I mean, just his own commentaries and things. He has, he's a very gifted person. That's so exciting. It's going to draw so many people to Twitter. But the thing that I would like to see that's missing from the discourse, and I saw a tweet that you posted recently, Sean, uh, where you said, I want an NDP supporter to come on the podcast. And you'll sit across from us and discuss the upcoming election. You said, is there anyone willing? And boy, you put your finger on the spot. That is, those are the conversations that we need to have, right? We, we've got to, we have to get, uh, and hopefully this will happen on Twitter or some other platform. We, we, we can actually get together point, counterpoint. We used to have those shows. We used to have those conversations. Yeah. Uh, we used to have them everywhere. And now people are afraid to have them. They're even afraid to have them down at the Tim Hortons because somebody might be listening. Well, and I don't know if you've been watching any of Billboard Chris's stuff. He's been walking yes. around. Uh, I saw in, you had him you on know, your show. I watched that episode. It was brilliant. Yeah. Oregon and Portland and, and different spots. And the last one just really struck me as like, huh, that's tough. And it was a girl saying she agreed with pretty much everything he's about, but she's afraid to say anything. Like she she almost breaks down in tears because of the, the, the harassment just in having a conversation mm-hmm. on the street. And you're like, we are just at this precarious point in history where, you know, like, has this ever happened before? Oh, I'm sure it has. I'm sure it's just a different iteration of, of what's gone on with human beings over the course of time. But like, uh, we're at such a, a dangerous place where I, I, I want to have, I would love nothing more. You know, I, I have 22, 222 minutes, uh, uh, twos is what I call them on the show all the time. 
I would love nothing more you, than to sit. And you and have, have a collaboration a, now, right? The, with yes. Two twenty-two. Yeah, the Tuesday yeah. mashup. Yeah, yeah. we we yeah. we do it every Tuesday. And I would love nothing more than to have him called on some of his BS by an NDP. <laughs> and I'd love nothing more than to have an NDP called on some of their BS by by him, who's you know he's really ingrained and he does a great job. I'm, I I enjoy every time I sit down with him. But sometimes I'm like, it'd be interesting to hear what an NDP what their convictions of being an NDP supporter are. Because there's going to be somebody who's intelligible that that can really, you know, this is why I like this. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't love these three things. And to listen to a discussion like that, you know, I get so irritated with our government through COVID because instead of putting out the flame, they fueled it. And where we're at right now is we continue to fuel this divide. And I go back, honestly, um, to a guy named Jamie Sinclair. Uh, it was Jamie Sinclair and uh, Henry Seidlitz were on the podcast once again before the convoy ever went. And they were talking about hockey Saskatchewan and, you know, putting requirements in for kids to play hockey. And Jamie uh, Sinclair is an, a military vet. He served many tours overseas. And he was talking about Bosnia. And I said, oh, what happened there? He said, oh, I just started with a divide. It always starts with just a little divide. And then, of course, they went on to massacre populations, right? Mm-hmm. And it has unnerved me ever since I heard that. I'm like, well, we got a giant divide right now. Yes. I mean, just pick pick whatever subject you want. Yes. It's a giant divide. Right. And there's multiple of them. And nobody's talking to the other side because the algorithms and everything else. And we're just all, you know, spent this huge emotion. And I'm I'm not acting like I ain't a part of that. At times, I'm just as bad as anyone. Um, but I'm trying, you know, you come back to the tweet, it's like, Nobody answered it, but I'm not even sure that's on the NDP. That might be on the algorithm, you know? Yes. It's like, I just want to have some discourse. I think a lot of people want that. I think a lot of people would tune in for it, Layton, to just hear what the two sound. Oh, man, is this oh, going to yeah. be a bloodbath or is it going to be a combo? Like, what is this going to be, right? Yeah. And for too long, it's been it's been silenced. Nobody, you know, I think it's Steve Kirsch. He offered up a million dollars in the middle of COVID and no doctor would take that. It's like, right. you're going you're gonna to earn a million dollars just by going on and having a conversation. Or Joe Rogan's conversation with uh, uh, Sanjay Gupta. Sanjay right. Gupta. Yes. Right. Yes. Like that was fantastic. Yes. That's two sides. Yeah. And it would be awesome to have more of that. It's just it's uncomfortable, and certain people do not want to. Well, I don't know. I I don't know. Is it? it I don't even know what it is. Uh, whether they don't think they'll be treated fairly in the conversation if they go on the opposite side or. I'm I'm not sure. Uh, have you tried to get the oh, other yes. side to do that? Oh yes. I think one of the things that uh, uh, is is a is a hindrance for me is that I have reputation as a litigation lawyer. So these people think they're going to come on, they're going to get grilled, and they might be. Uh, but I think the deeper problem is that um, you know the, the the ideas on the left are mostly bad, and they're hard to justify, right? Um, and uh, and so. Uh, that I think that is a main reason why the other side of the case uh, moves to censor, moves to censorship. Because if your own ideas are bad, if they cannot survive scrutiny or debate, then the only way, the only way to, to win is by silencing the other side. I think our arguments, uh, our ideas are, are better. Our ideas are in favor of human flourishing. And, I mean, how do you argue against freedom? Uh, how do you, it's, it's funny you know, though, uh, once upon a time, you know, like I jump on these grenades all the time. Listen, I, I, Sean is the guy who said, remove Trump from Twitter. I thought at one point I'm like, holy man, this is getting out of hand. Yeah. And I, now in fairness, I don't know, you know, if I went back and rewind the clock, was it the way media was portraying it or was it just Donald Trump, the things he was saying? Yeah. Hard to say, isn't it? 
It's hard to say, yeah. but I do know, I remember reading his tweets all the time, seeing some of his press conferences being like, this is wild. Like, <laughs> what is going on? And me and one of my brothers had had an argument about it. I'm like, you got to remove, you just got to remove. You know, at some yeah. point it becomes too much. Yeah. And he's got too much power and blah, blah, blah. And now I regret that, like to me, then we saw what happened to Twitter. As soon as we remove one, yeah. you start, I mean, it just, it just comes for everybody. That's it. We, we, we watched it play out. It's like, oh, this is why you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, like when, when you talk about all these different things, it's like, yeah, but once upon a time, I was the the conservative arguing for censorship. I just didn't understand the, you know, until you start seeing, and then you're like, oh crap, how do we put this? You know, uh, how, you know, my visual is a snowball or a rock rolling down the side of a, a mountain. It's like, well, how do you stop that thing once the momentum is yeah. done? Well, the only way it happened was Elon Musk spending billions of dollars buying the company, firing 80% of it so that he could take over and be like, this is how we're going to run this thing. Yeah. Like that, like that's a pretty wild, you know, I didn't see that one coming. Yeah. I won't surprise you to know that we finish off our show with something called the reading list. And okay. so uh, I have a couple of books uh, that I think you're going to like. One you've probably already read. Maybe you've read both of them. Then I'm going to ask you to share a selection or two. Uh, oh, I got one think... for you. Yeah, I, I'm I'm reading a book right now. Okay, lady, so let's okay, hear it. okay. So I'm I'm going to go first, and then I'm going to give you the last word because you're our very special guest. The first book is uh, a book I think I suspect you've already read. Uh, it's by David Goggins. It's called Can't Hurt Me. Now, since you're on the show, I have to have a hockey book. And actually, uh, this man is a friend of mine. He's one of the toughest guys in, uh, of the 1990s. His name's Brant Myers. He's an Alberta from Cold Lake, and he wrote a great book called Painkiller, a memoir of big league addiction. Which only came out, what, a, a, yeah. a year or two ago? Yeah, and I interviewed him about it. Uh, this uh, this book is, uh, is an incredible story um, about a man who lived the, the, you know, the Canadian dream, and it, it, it became a nightmare. And uh, it's, it's actually a very difficult book to read. And uh, he's just a tremendous guy. Uh, and uh, I think people will really love this book because it's really, it's written as a monologue in the first person, very, uh, and there's a lot of humor in it, a lot of pain. I warn people, it's it's hard to read because he just keeps tripping himself up, but a great, great book. So that one's called Painkiller uh, by Brant Myers. So turn it over to you. My book that I'm reading right now, I assume you've read, is The Screw Tape Letters. Oh, yeah. And, it, you know, I, I'm going to steal how you did it. It's a Christian uh, apologetic novel by C.S. Lewis. I'm about three quarters of the way through it. It is phenomenal. Like, yes. uh, not for the faint of heart, in my opinion, mm-hmm. uh, Leighton. Yes. Uh, but at the same time, I don't think it could hit me at a better time. Yeah. Like, I'm, 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 uh, it's been a very easy read mm-hmm. for me. That is a great uh, selection, Sean. I thank you so much for that. And also for being with us today on Grey Matter. It's been just a real pleasure well, I'm, I'm honored. I'm honored you'd uh, you'd invite me on uh, uh, late night. I do mean that, and I hope to see you on June 10th. I hope to see you know a, a lot of people on June 10th. But if you make it up, you make sure you well, we'll make sure you come say hello. I will and everything be there. Else. I I wander the room, so I'm pretty accessible. I will be there, and I look forward to shaking your hand, sir. Thank you very much for being our special guest today. Yeah, thank you again for having me on. All right. <laughs>